What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and unfortunately today just didn't go too well for St. John's. They find themselves with a devastating loss, a poor second half performance in which Boston College thrashed them for 86 points. With an 86-80 to 80 loss, St. John's gets their third loss of the added conference slate. Today I'm joined once again by my good friend Cole, and we have a second guest. And in proper Red Storm Rapid Reaction customary tradition, he takes his first appearance in a loss. Yeah. We have one Max Cohen. You might know Max from Twitter. Max, thanks for joining us today, man. How you doing? Uh, good. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on. Awesome. Yeah, Max does a good job doing some recaps after the game. He's been reaching out for a little bit, trying to get on the podcast. Uh, you know, just our luck. Of course, St. John's doesn't play well, but we're here to talk about it nonetheless. Cole, I know you're eager to get some thoughts out about today's loss. What do you got for us? Dude, I don't know. You want to lead with me? I'm, I am devastated after today. Um, I, I, I think after our last podcast, I had obnoxiously said, "Oh yeah, well, we'll be great that we don't have any more out of conference losses. We finished the out of conference schedule with only two losses." And I immediately jinxed us, and now here we sit with another additional out of conference loss that shouldn't have happened. Um, we were, cl- we have prove that we are clearly the better team obviously utah is has proven that they are a really solid squad that was a really positive out of conference win for us um but tonight is going to be a really bad out of conference loss hopefully you know that doesn't dip into the 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 q2 or you know out of the q2 and the q3 loss um i'm not sure where that stands right now but um I, I just thought as it, at, it was a really demoralizing, really bad out-of-conference loss. So uh, just not happy. I'm really curious to talk to the two of you guys and see how you feel about you know our tournament perspectives going forward. But And it's way too early to start thinking about that. But just just a real bummer. Just not yeah. what I'm hoping to talk about with you, the two of you tonight. So. Sure. Yeah, and it is not so much would it have been a huge chip in your pocket in terms of a big win, but like we talked about last podcast, avoiding another loss is just as important as that. Um, we'll, we'll see where Boston College ends up as the season goes on. I wasn't too unimpressed with their team. Of course, a couple of those guys had their best games of the season. Chaz, or whatever your, your name was, was lighting this up. And uh, that big man could play a little bit. And similar to that Dayton game where we tried to press him full court, and instead of giving it to a guard and getting hassled for 94 feet, they let their center bring it up against Joel. And uh, there's only so much Joel, as good as he is, at, you know, much of the game of basketball, defending the length of the court is not one of them. So that kind of took our full court pressure away, and it did lead to some easy baskets. I can remember uh you know one real nice backdoor pass from that big man that led from him leading the break in the press so similar to that Dayton game where the defensive um you know whatever we had decently going in the first half defensive wise didn't carry to the second half and as the game wore on we just couldn't get enough stops and couldn't get over the hump today though a 10-point lead and a six-point lead both in the second half were uh wiped away like they never even existed so that's uh another can of worms we should probably talk about any thoughts on our inability to hold a lead from you two? I mean, I mean, I'll go first. I mean, I think that it's definitely a prevalent problem, but college basketball is a game of runs, so it's definitely not something we don't see with other teams, but definitely with St. John specifically. Defense is always a problem with this team. It's been shown many times, and especially in the second half. So that's my thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent, Max. I'm glad you said it because a lot of times we watch St. John's as such a, you know, a, a microscope that we forget a lot of teams have these same issues in college basketball, basketball in, in general is a game of runs. So we're not alone in that regard in terms of our inability to, you know, put put a wall up and, and stop teams from scoring. Teams are going to go on runs. Just seemed tonight we didn't have the focus we needed when we got that ten point lead. We seemed content with you know that little run we had and that we thought Boston College might lay down. Next thing you know. It was within three minutes we were down a point. Um, you got to keep pushing. I mean, it's nothing that Coach Patino obviously doesn't know, but it does seem like it's been a little bit of a bugaboo early on in, in terms of us really being able to uh, keep our, our foot down on the gas and, and turn that six to eight point lead into a, a 12 to 14 point lead. Yeah, Matt, like how Max said, like a game of runs, right? I, I think we went on an 11-0 run to take uh, maybe about a, a 10 point lead at one point. And um early in the first or late in the first half and then immediately gave up a large run by by Boston College and I think um I you know I our, our guards at times struggle to play defense uh, struggle to stay in front of people um as much as we love Glenn Taylor Jr I don't know it seems like he had a tough time I, I'm not familiar enough with Boston College's uh players or their offensive ability but it seems like he really struggled with staying in front of the guy and then you know obviously then that leads into he's getting beat off the dribble that leads to switches and stuff and it just seemed like we really struggled with them staying in front of them especially their guards so I, you know yeah talking. i didn't notice it i didn't notice it as much with taylor but you know it was it was the whole the whole crew uh jenkins and dingle especially were getting beat at the point and the pressure they were getting you know a couple times they threw passes at half court and we had nobody back in the paint and they were off to the races um and then in that second half were we like not guarding them on the perimeter um i don't know if you can say that but we sure as hell weren't like stopping them from getting clean looks off it wasn't like we were running guys off the line all out closeouts they were able to catch kind of getting rhythm and we were hoping that you know we'd luck into a few misses and that just wasn't the case um that Chaz guy hit hit one I think his first of the year and those other guards uh hit a few as well but really defensively was was the problem our guards stopping penetration uh we we rebounded fine tonight we killed them on the offensive boards but not enough uh defensive focus in terms of keeping the ball out of the paint stopping the um you know point of attack and when we only you know turned it over uh, you know, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but we didn't turn them over an obscene amount of times when we weren't turning them over. They were getting good looks and leading the baskets. And when you when you give up 86 points, that's generally the case. Yeah, yeah. and with the turnovers, I think it's eight, but out of those eight, majority of them were giving up lanes where no one was back. So it was just free dunks, free layups. I don't know, there's the stats right there. Um, but yeah, majority of that was just uh, free lanes and just easy buckets. So... Yeah, so uh, we had, let's see, only seven fast break points, um, points off turnovers. Oh, Let me yeah, see if I find it. Oh, yeah, they had 13 turnovers, so we were able to, you know, turn them over quite a bit, but still, uh, you know, when you're pressing the full length of the court for most of the game, uh, you expect to force quite a bit of turnovers. 13 isn't, like I said, an obscene amount, and, you know, when you give up 56% shooting for the rest of the game, it's no secret why uh, you're in the hole that you are. But unfortunate to lose a game where you can see we, we led for uh, over half the basketball game, close to 24 minutes. Uh, Boston College only led for less than 10 minutes, and they were able to win by six points. Um, so a game we certainly could have won, a game many of us would 
say should have won. Um, unfortunately, we do not come away with the victory. Um, Joel Soriano, again, had a, a fantastic game. Um, you know, if we ever name this award, it will be the Joel Soriano Player of the Game Award. Uh, I think he's got every one but one again this season. 35 minutes, 21 points, 8 for 12 from the field, 11 rebounds, 5 of those offensive, and uh, was, you know, Pretty much every good thing we saw in the second half was centered around uh, Boston College, either trying to guard Joel or not being able to guard Joel. So another great performance for him, another step forward. If we can get everyone else around it in a form, I still believe this team can make a run uh, to the tournament in March. I'm not sure if you guys have changed your thoughts there or have any opinion on the potential for this team. Obviously, tonight wasn't a great look, but it's a long season. So any thoughts on that? Dude, yeah, I don't want to like – so, I mean, just staring at, at your plus minus like stats that we have here, like Naheem Aline, people have been screaming for him to get more minutes. Um, obviously, he had a rough night tonight. Um, I don't think that's really indicative of the type of quality of player that he is, but I, I think he had a rough night tonight. Um, I, I, I think if we want to talk just in general about you know how we feel about the ability to make a run here to the tournament for this team, I think this loss tonight to Boston College might damage that long-term thought. Uh, you know, hopefully Boston College can stand up long-term as a team. Um, and that, that that's not quite as bad of a loss as we're originally thinking that it is right now. Um, we can talk about, talk more about that, about our, you know, long-term projections, but Obviously, like the Big East has has kind of looked a little down compared to what we originally thought it was going to be. So, uh, you know, me personally, I'm a little more worried after well, a think, game like this tonight. But think less than about in terms of what this means to our resume, and just tell me, you know, on your opinion, watching, do you think this team is a t- can be a team? No, I, think, I, I think I think and Rick Patino would tell you the exact same thing: is that this team, as currently constituted, is not the finished product, right? She sure. would tell you that this, you know, they that they haven't fully bought in on the defensive end, that they haven't fully understood what he wants to do on the defensive end. He would tell you that he hasn't fully gotten them to understand their, their offensive assignments. Um, from just looking, if you wanted to look at minutes per game, he's got a, a guy and a three-star guy in, in Simeon Wilcher who's only getting six minutes or so far. He would tell you he wants him to be his backup point guard, averaging way more minutes than that. Um but with all that said, you're, you're running out of time as we start to dig in here now into conference play. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to be the negative Nancy of the bunch. But um, see, my thing is, I don't think there's anything resume wise that we can erase if we're the quality team. We we'd have to be to make the tournament anyway. So either we'll be that team and we'll get the wins necessary or we just won't be that team. And what happened tonight? won't matter of course you know obviously i wish we would have won it would have been better for our resume and when you're a tournament team you know the seed line starts to matter as well and st john's hasn't had to worry about that part of the factor many many times it's you know just hoping to get in in general but you know i go back to thinking if st john's truly does get better as the season goes on do they have the requisite pieces if playing at their best to be a tournament team and i still think they do i still think if you have joel soriano as a center uh, getting 30 minutes a game and you have quality players around them, which I think we have enough of them that are still trying to figure out how to play together and still have to iron out some kinks, especially defensively. And then you factor in uh, 
Lewis coming back, hopefully being healthy for the Big East season. And that's a, a boost to our bench. It's a boost to our athleticism, our length, our ability to defend the full length of the court. I still have uh, plenty of faith that this team will compete towards the upper half of the Big East and be, you know, knock on the NCAA tournament uh, door. So um, I'm not giving up hope in that regard at all. As unhappy as I am with the defensive effort and what we've seen on, you know, more than a few occasions so far in this Atta Conference slate. Yeah, Max, that- Max, what say you? How how are you feeling at this point of the season with this with with our obviously aspirations that we want to make the tournament that that's the end goal to win a game in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, the first part is it's December. Um, the tournament's in March, so you got plenty of time. We got an entire Big East slate ahead of us, so there's not much to worry about yet. You got big wins that we could come off with UConn, Providence would still be pretty notable. Creighton is is big as well. Marquette is stellar this year, so that would also be pretty big. Spoken like a wise man, Max. I mean, I I think the opportunities will be there. Like you said, it's December, not March. Tickets aren't punched in December. Um, We've got a lot of season, a lot of runway left. We just got to get better as ourselves, and the opportunities will be there. Yeah, definitely. Spoken like a wise man, wiser than me being like irrationally drunk and just like wanting to freak out immediately. So good Cole's stuff. got a lot on his mind. Okay. The St. John's game did not help him prepare for this Eagles bout tonight. And you know, it's a Sunday. So in Philadelphia, I'm not sure what they do on Sunday besides drink, but you know, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, my one last comment on tonight's game, and it's hard to look at a just box score and then, you know, just say it as a blanket statement, but I don't like the fact, and it's happened on more than just tonight, that Joel's not leading or even second most shot attempts on the team. Uh, tonight, Bedlam, Jenkins, and Dingle all took more shots than him, all shot worse than him percentage-wise, all scored less than him. Um, so Soriano, 8 for 12, you know, there's no reason for him to, to not have a few more looks at the basket in my mind. Um, feed the guy. Showed last game a, a good ability to pass when the double came. Um, keep on feeding them. Keep on working on the movement around them. And I think it will only lead to good things. Plus, a lot of these shots by these guards seem like, you know, not the best of looks. It's not like we're only shooting exclusive great shots from those perimeter players. So I think we can make a concerted effort to get more looks for our big man on the inside. Yeah. And uh, I'll make one final comment as well. I think a few people are probably screaming, where is the depth? And it's there, but it's not. they're not getting a lot of minutes for some reason. Wiltshire and Edgefor have both been getting a lot of minutes in my mind as of late, so I don't know what the difference was in this game. It's the perfect game for Wiltshire and Edgefor to get more minutes, and Dunlap's also been getting a lot more minutes recently. So, surprised to see he only got two minutes. We were just talking um, before you jumped on, Max, me and me and Cole, and we were both saying how we thought Edgefor looked good, and in a general sense, he's been trending in the right direction. Um, unfortunately, the only bad thing about having Zuby on the floor is it generally means that Soriano isn't on the floor um, during that time, who is, you know, without question, our, our best player. So either they've got to figure out a way to be creative um, and, and play those two together, uh, maybe with some zone defense. Um, I think you can get away with having Joel play somewhat of a, you know, high post option to have Zuby play the center on offense if you're willing to get creative. I'm not sure. We haven't seen that yet. Um, Wiltshire has, he's really, he's really given him, you know, not so much leeway. You know, he's really taken his time developing him and not throwing him right to the fire. I know Cole wishes he'd get a, a longer leash. Uh, defensively, I think he's much more ready than he is offensively. Um, 
doesn't seem like he's ready to really uh, cut into Jenkins' minutes with in terms of using Wiltshire yet, and I'm not sure if that will happen anytime soon. Not that it shouldn't, not that I don't think he could be playing alongside of him as well, but he does seem hesitant to kind of uh, take the training wheels off with Wiltshire at this point. But Lewis, I think, will be a big help to that bench. And not either if he's starting and that pushes someone down or if he's part of that bench. I think it's another guy who will get 20-plus minutes and then um, could, could fill in a lot of those roles that seeming or those holes we have seemingly right now. That's the problem. Is it's like it's tough to sit here and diagnose like who should be getting what minutes at any point because RJ, I think, completely changes this entire dynamic of, of the minute distribution. I, I think he 100% eliminates any minutes being played for um, the backup the backup power forward. I, I think he immediately becomes um, Wedlam's backup immediately. I think you know he starts to dip into sort of the 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 uh can he he immediately is a a, a creator uh from the offensive perspective i, I think he immediately becomes uh, an offensive juggernaut uh we'll, we'll see what happens once he comes back hopefully that those shin splints heal um but i got it, my fingers crossed i never had shin splints either you guys ever had shin splints before thank god thank god not but uh i i can't imagine that it would be incredibly like painful so god bless the kid hopefully it gets better soon yes i've got my fingers crossed yeah, i haven't uh, had them either so i no, couldn't tell uh, how it feels uh well anyway max thanks for joining us today man like i said i think you do a really good job on twitter hopefully you can put out those videos um let the people know you know where they can see your stuff or where they can find your content uh i mean you can find me on here on twitter mcohen sports 07 where i do my red storm recap you can also find me on tiktok where i don't remember my username but uh at mc sports and more i i used to do games where i recap where i video the games but i don't think i'm doing that much anymore it's just really getting the recaps out there okay awesome and he does a really good job i i you know i, I hope you guys go check him out give him a follow um, you guys can find Cole at the uh, local sports bar, I think, tonight, and then on Twitter as well, CLatch1014. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Um, hopefully next time we're talking about a St. John's win. Um, until next time, this has been Anthony Mason, Jr. That's Cole Latshaw and Max Cohen. I'm Pat Kane. Peace.